Alice Conspiracy and Paranormal Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode one. Today I'm going to be covering 9-11, that uh, infamous planes flying into buildings, buildings collapsing, easily one of the most well-known conspiracy theories of all time and a fairly horrible thing to happen to 3,000 odd people that died that day, uh, not to mention the hundreds if not thousands of people that have died since from asbestos-related illnesses from the cleanup. Uh, there was a lot of things going on in the debris of that uh, the buildings coming down that unfortunately took a lot of lives later on. Um, so today I want to cover some of the more mainstream conspiracies, if that's even a thing. Um, but basically I will cover very quickly some of the more outlandish uh, conspiracy theories that not ones that I, I generally believe in but uh, or subscribe to, but um, they are conspiracy theories nonetheless and I want to be able to cover everything for you guys. So I'll... Uh, I'll I'll just sort of skip over those a little bit. No, I'm not going to put too much time into them. Um, I guess the first one, which is one that I don't particularly believe in, but I, I do see a lot of videos made on it, and that is that the planes were fake. Uh, so as the uh, conspiracy theory goes, the planes that we all saw fly into the buildings um, weren't real. They were edited in real time by using whatever software. Um, that sort of thing, realistically, is, is actually hard to do in 2020, let alone 2001, but uh, who knows what what was actually available at the time. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go on that we don't know about until 15, 20 years after they were um, developed. You know, things like the F-117 stealth fighter, the SR-71, uh, all those sort of things, you know, there's a, companies out there or organisations out there like DARPA and their whole world is about creating futuristic weapons and systems and whatever else that we just never get to see. So um, so as the, as the story goes, the planes were edited in, they never actually hit the buildings and it was just explosions that were created from inside the building to make it look like a plane that hit the building. I have a bit of a problem with that because there is no footage bar one piece of video of the first plane hitting the building. Um, if you were going to fake pl planes flying into a building, surely you would set up your own video recording somewhere so that you could uh, edit in your planes. But to my knowledge, there is only one piece of footage of the first plane hitting the building. Um, that was done by, pretty much by accident, by a film crew who were filming something at ground level um, and weren't actually filming it at the time. They just heard the plane go over very low they spun the camera around and the last few seconds you see the plane fly into the building. That to me kind of puts the, the whole fake plane thing to bed. 
what is interesting about the fake plane theory is that in a couple of the videos, you can actually see the plane or one of the planes phase through the building, as in there is a, a shot where the wing actually goes through the building. So it, it phases through so it, it. It's not sort of doesn't disappear inside the building it actually goes through it now whether that's some sort of some sort of video artifacting or something like that i don't know i i, I don't know enough about um you know sort of video creation to be able to tell you that but from what i've seen on the video it looks very much like the plane is is disappearing into the building but part of the wing is continuing past the building as if it never hit it um, the other thing that I've seen is a side shot of the building as the, as the, the uh, plane flies in and what you actually, or what you think you're seeing is the nose cone, the front part of the plane, travelling all the way through the building and coming out the other side. That's very difficult. Um, those kinds of planes are made either of fiberglass or plastic. They're not made of steel. They're not made of some sort of bunker-busting material. They're not designed to fly through buildings. They're designed to absorb impacts from birds. Um, and that's about the long and the short of it. They're not designed to hit something solid and survive the impact. Um, so that... <sighs> The, the, I think there's two or three videos out there or two or three angles of video out there that show what looks like the nose cone of the, the plane flying through. So that's it's interesting. Um, things like that, I, I tend to believe, have, have probably got a logical answer. Um, but anyway, we just thought, we, just thought we'd cover that anyway. Um, one of the more outlandish conspiracy theories for 9-11 is that there was a directed energy weapon used. Now, for you people that don't know what that is, I must admit I didn't know what it was until a couple of years ago. Um, it's a weapon, it's an energy weapon, like a laser type weapon, um, which doesn't create a beam, as in you can't see it. Uh, it's fired usually from a mobile platform like a plane or it can be fired from a satellite in space low earth orbit and the idea is is that it's fired into the center of the building and that's what weakened the structure of the building and made it fall of the buildings i should say um so the idea being is that it it, it attacks the core structure of the building and unfortunately, the buildings come down. Um, that also ties in with the jumpers, which are the, obviously the people that jumped out of the, the building rather than being burnt or you know, for whatever smoke inhalation or whatever reason they, they jumped out. There was quite a lot of people on the day that jumped out of windows. Um, as far as this uh, energy weapon thing goes and the jumpers, the correlation is that the jumpers jumped out the windows because basically the building was being microwaved from the inside and they were getting extreme heat as a result of it. One of the other things that I saw that 
kind of made me think about it at the time, but I've since sort of not paid too much attention to it. And that was Bush's reaction when he was told that the uh, the first plane had flown into the building and that America was under attack. Um, his his reaction is very well. It's nothing really. I mean, he just he just sort of looks over and goes, "Hey, eh, righto, whatever." Um, I don't know how I'd react to somebody telling me that, you know, the, the, the country that I was the president of was was under attack, but I think I'd probably react a little bit sort of more excited about it. Um, he had... Um, he had a lot of things happening around that time, but when someone walks over to you and says that a plane has flown into a building and it's a terrorist attack... Um, I would have thought that the first thing that they would have done was they would have got him and got out of there very, very quickly. Um, where he was was a scheduled visit to a school, so that information wouldn't be very hard to find out if you were planning on maybe taking a pot shot at the president, um, you know, flying a plane, a plane into the building that he happens to be in. Uh, you know, if it's if this whole... You know, this whole attack was a, a, an anti-America attack. Um, you would have thought that possibly he would have been a target, but he wasn't whisked away and, you know, taken to a, a an underground bunker somewhere. He was allowed to sit there and finish the story that was being read and then they sort of moved away. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, it, there's a... I suppose there's, there's, there's got to be a few sort of explanations as to why he didn't react um, with any sort of energy. Um, it could have been to not alarm the children that were there. Who knows? So I, I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Um, one thing that I do pay attention to is the, the lack of follow-up uh, on the money trail as to where these terrorists were funded from. So... As it turns out, the funding pretty much came from Pakistan. Um, that's the that's what's been investigated and been found out. Where it got left out was the 9/11 report, which is interesting because first of all, the 9/11 report was given 15 million dollars to investigate what happened on 9/11. Now. To the average person on the street, fifteen million dollars is a lot of lot of money. If you put that against the amount of money that was set aside for the investigation into the impeachment of Bill Clinton, that was sixty-five million dollars. So, I would have thought that getting to the bottom of who perpetrated nine eleven would be far more serious than. Um, trying to impeach someone for having sex with one of his uh, one of his staffers. But anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I, I would have thought the money trail would have been more interesting. Um, as it turns out, the 9-11 report basically said that it wasn't a point of interest, so they, they pretty much moved on. Um, one of the other things that came up only, only a few years back that I know of is um, the case of Lloyd England. Lloyd England was a taxi driver uh, who told television people that 
he was driving along from the, uh, the Pentagon. The plane pretty much flew directly over the top of him. The wing of the plane hit one of the uh, light poles. The light pole was severed and it ended up going straight through his windscreen, right through into the back seat and into the back seat of the car. Now, that all seems pretty logical. That's, you know, that doesn't seem too far out. The problem is, is that when these guys investigated, and they did a little little mini documentary on this, and when they uh, they investigated, they found out that the bonnet of the vehicle was undamaged. There was no scratches, there was no dints, nothing else. Now, the light pole itself weighed 240 pounds, so about 125 kilos. And that sitting on the bonnet of a car is gonna, it's gotta at least scratch it. If it doesn't dent it, it's gonna scratch it. Now, Mr. England and another guy who he referred to as a silent stranger helped him lift the light pole out of the windscreen, off the car, and onto the side of the road. Doesn't know who this man was. He's never been seen since. And he's never come forward to say he was the one that helped him out. So later on in the documentary, they they show Lloyd some video that shows that he is on the bridge, on his bridge, heading out away from the from the uh, the Pentagon, and that he couldn't have been where he said he was, and where the light pole had been severed, and where the plane flew over. And he said, he basically said, "No, that's not me." And they said, "Well, it is you." You can see quite clearly that it's you. You can see it's quite clearly that it's your taxi. And uh, he, he basically just denied it. So he was sort of caught out in a lie. And then um, last part of the video there, they actually, it's just an audio recording. So they had the, the cameras turned off, but the audio guy was still recording. And Mr. England admits that him being there basically and that the the attack was planned and he's talking about his wife who works for the FBI whether she knew about it I'm not sure but he said it was planned it was definitely planned so that's a pretty big sort of thing to to come out with um, it's you know it's 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 one man's comment on it and it may it may just be his his idea I don't know but you know at the end of the day it's still a big thing that somebody who can't verify his whereabouts and it's been proven that where he said he was is not where he was um that you know maybe there's a there's a narrative that he's supposed to stick to but he couldn't remember what the narrative was so it'd be uh it'd be interesting to see whether that ever evolves or anything, into anything but i mean that was quite a while ago and i've not, I've not heard anything about it since now, next on the list will be the use of nanothermite so if you're not familiar with what nanothermite is it's a thing that's used by the military uh, i'm not sure whether it's used commercially now but in 2001 from the investigation or the research that i've done it was only used by the military um, it is a, a thing that's used in controlled demolitions to drop buildings it's uh, used to cut core columns in buildings and take away the infrastructure of the building to drop the building. Uh, 
Um, the reason that nanothermite came up is a guy called Dr. Stephen Jones, who was uh, an engineer, brought it up. He had a, a sample of the the dust, which is unfortunately all that was pretty much left, um, the dust or the the, um, the debris, and he found nanothermite signatures in that in that soil and in the uh, in the dust. Now, as I said, the reason that's interesting is because at the time it was only used by the military. Um, thermite is used on a regular basis and has been done, has done for a lot of years, but nanothermite was a was a fairly new invention and wasn't really being used as a um, as a regular thing outside of the military. So, um, the reason that nanothermite is interesting or thermite or anything else is because it should never have been there why would there need to be nanothermite in, in the in the debris at that stage nothing was being cut or demolished or moved or anything else this is very shortly after it had it had happened so um, to my knowledge dr stephen jones has been berated in the media he's been well he's had definitely had his career stifled as a result of speaking up um, but we're not talking about some bloke off the street this guy is a phd level engineer who knows what he's talking about can prove what he's talking about um, but again you know his his voice is pretty much taken away because it conflicts with the official narrative. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's, it's something that got knocked on the head fairly quickly. People didn't want to talk about it. Um, another thing that I found that that really didn't get, I mean, it did at the time, it got a bit of airplay at the time, but it got forgotten about very quickly. And that was Flight 93, which was the, the plane that ended up hitting the ground at Shanksville. Um, as the story goes, the the plane had been hijacked by men with box cutters, um, and the people that were on the plane decided, you know, by that stage they already knew what was happening, and apparently they'd been told that they were their um, their plane was going to be flown into a building, and they had decided that's not for us. If we're gonna we're gonna die, we're gonna go down fighting which is pretty awesome, I suppose. But uh, as the story goes, they someone yelled out, let's rock, and away they went. So they overpowered the, the guys with the knives or with the, um, the box cutters. And unfortunately, no one knew how to fly the plane and it was then flown into the ground, whether that be from the whoever was piloting the, the, uh, the plane at the time, uh, sent it into a, a nosedive or what, I'm not absolutely sure. But it flew into the ground and there were witnesses saying that the, the plane was actually on fire, uh, which opens up another little can of worms because there was a lot of people that said that there was military planes in the air at the time and that the plane was actually struck by a missile. Even if that is the case, that's exactly what should have happened. 
that at that stage they knew that plane was was still flying around and not going and it had been hijacked and that would be exactly what NORAD was supposed to do. They would attempt to, to get them to land. If they're not going to land, they would uh, they would blow the plane up. Um, so then the plane plows into the ground and then shortly after, there's the reports go out, the television crews with helicopters and whatnot, they turn up and they start taking video of all this, recording it all. And what do you see? You see a slight crater in the ground, not a very deep crater. And it was more of a scar in the ground and no plane, nothing, gone, finished. Um, there was no luggage, there was no seats, there was no dead bodies, there was nothing. There was just a crater in ground which was scorched, bit of smoke coming out here and there and that was it. So what they would have you believe is that the plane either buried itself due to the impact or it vaporised uh, when it hit the ground. Neither of those things are possible. It's just as simple as that. Even when planes hit water, they explode and fall apart and there's bits all over the place and you get debris everywhere. When a plane hits the ground, there is even less chance of it disappearing because the plane just doesn't disappear into the soil. It just It's just not what happens. If you have a look at any plane crash in the last 50 years, of which unfortunately there's been quite a few, you'll see um, probably the the easiest one for, for, um, for research purposes would be the Malaysian Airlines aeroplane that was shot down either by Russians or Ukrainians. The, uh, the mail's still out on that. If you have a look at that, when you hit the ground, there was wreckage over a very large area. Uh, there was bits of the plane everywhere. There was luggage, there was seats, there were seats with people still strapped into them. Um, it was, you know, it was not a nice sight. What happened in Shanksville was the exact opposite. There was nothing to see. And even the, you know, the people, including the coroner and, and various other people that were on that, you know, they went out to have a look at it. They were just like, where's the plane? Where, where, where's all the people? What's going on? So for me, I just don't believe that, that a plane hit the ground there. I don't know what hit the ground. Who knows? But it looked more like something like a, a bomb was dropped in that area. It was more, it looked more like a crater caused by a bomb going off in the ground rather than something hitting the ground. But that's just my opinion. Um, there was a lot of talk of phone calls being made from the planes. And I don't know even if that's possible now. Um, cell phones, mobile phones, which, which we've have a country you happen to live in, um, they bounce off different cell towers. And when you're flying in an aeroplane at 35,000, 36,000 feet, the signal is not going to reach that far. And it's been proven on, on numerous occasions. And for anybody that's been in a plane and, you know, has their, their 
their phone turned on. You don't get any service on your phone at, at 36,000 feet. Just, there is nothing, it's, it's just dead. Um, so I'm not quite sure how they, you know, how these people made these phone calls, but um, there were some very odd phone calls that went with it as well. Like there was one guy who rang, rang his mother and said, hi, mum, it's, and stated his full name. That just doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know the last time you rang your mum, but when I ring my, ring my mum, I don't say, hi, it's full name here. Um, I just say, hey, mum, how are you going? And she knows exactly who it is because she's known my voice for the last 48 years. So, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Don't, don't know about that one. They just seem very, it was almost like they were leaving leaving messages so that everybody knew knew who they were but obviously if you're ringing a parent that parent is going to know your voice and know who you are so i'm not quite sure why that was done but um yeah so there was a lot of um a lot of things around flight 93 that didn't really make a hell of a lot of sense um i'm not quite sure where that plane was going whether it was going to be flying at what what building it was supposed to fly into but anyway the um sort of regardless because it went into the ground anyway but yeah, not quite sure about that one. Um, the last thing I really want to cover is, for, for me, is the be all and end all. And that's the what happened at the Pentagon. If I didn't see anything else, so if I didn't see any of the, the Twin Tower footage, or I didn't see any of Shanksville, anything else, uh, I, I, would, I would definitely look at the Pentagon and say, right, well, something happened at the Pentagon, but we still don't know what happened at the Pentagon because the government won't release the footage from the Pentagon itself. Now, all the buildings around the Pentagon, so I think it was the Marriott Hotel, you've got various other hotels and, and businesses around there who all had CCTV, that was all confiscated. The only video that we've been given to look at was, I think it was about eight or nine frames of a video that came from the gas station or petrol station just outside the Pentagon. Those frames don't show a plane. They show an explosion, but there is no, there's no, no plane involved. So that doesn't really answer the question as to what hit. Now, yet there is conflicting um, testimony from many many people that were interviewed both on the day and afterwards about what they saw i mean you think about how busy a part of the the, the city that is where the pentagon is there's people coming and going there everywhere that there must have been hundreds of people that saw either a plane or something else fly over um a lot of people in the day said it wasn't a plane that it was a missile it was only that one day that I ever heard anybody say that. After that, nobody who said it was a missile, to my knowledge, I never saw it, was taken seriously. Um, the only thing that made news was, I saw this plane fly over, it was so-and-so brand plane and it flew into the building and boom, there was a big explosion. So when the official narrative went out, that's what everybody stuck to. And, and to my knowledge, nobody deviated from that. So 
why do I don't why do I not think a, a plane flew into the building? Because if you have a plane fly into a building, which we saw in one of the twin towers, there is a scar that's left in the building. So in the twin towers, you that the whole exterior of that building was was steel. And as the, the, the titanium airframe of the the uh, the plane went through, it pretty much cut a hole where you could see, you know, very cartoonish like where a plane had gone through the building. In the Pentagon, that's not what you saw. So what you did see was one hole with windows on either side of that hole that weren't broken. So I did a little bit of extra research on this because the stories change and, and explanations change. The, the original explanation was that, um, that the wings folded. Now, that is ridiculous. I think anybody that has even the most elementary grasp of physics knows that that's impossible. There's no way that the, the, the wings could fold back to, to, so that everything just fit neatly into this hole. The tail of the aircraft did not leave any, any mark on the building itself. So everything fit into the size of basically the fuselage and that just doesn't make any sense. In fact, it's just impossible. There's no way that it could have done that. You've got two 12-ton engines, one either side of the, the fuselage, that have ploughed into this building somewhere, but but there's no mark where they where they ploughed into them. Um, the the inner rings, if if you've ever seen a, an aerial shot of the Pentagon, you have three um, three pentagram rings, and sorry, pentagon rings, I should say. And all three of those rings were pierced by this plane, the last one being the exit hole, which I think was about 15 feet. And I remember seeing it at the time and thinking, hey, how could a plane go through all that concrete? And as it turns out, you're talking about 16 feet of reinforced concrete. That's what it went through. Now, most bunkers that are, that are made to survive bombs and all that sort of stuff are not 16 feet thick. Like that's that's a lot of concrete. And they're, they're trying to tell you that a plane went through all that. So anyway, with the extra research, I found out that the official narrative now is that that, that hole on the inner ring, the, the innermost ring, was made by the landing gear of the plane okay let's let's run with that if that's the case why was there not holes made through by the 12 ton engines either side of the fuselage surely something that weighs 12 tons and is made almost in, almost entirely out of metal and that weighs a hell of a lot more than the the, uh, the the landing gear shouldn't they have done something somewhat similar or at least created a hell of a lot more damage even if you go with the official narrative is that the wings folded somehow 
where did the engines end up? Because the photo that they released of there was apparently there was an engine on the front lawn is not the engine from the plane, and that's been that's been that that theory has been debunked a million times. Boeing themselves, and I believe Rolls Royce engines, both stated that whatever that engine was, it wasn't from a 767. So I don't know why that was, why it was where it was and how it got there, but apparently not not out of the plane that flew into the Pentagon. So what this leaves us with is a whole heap of things that don't add up and really no explanation, no logical explanation from the powers that be. Um, the the video has never been released from the Pentagon and I don't know about you, but if I'm being accused of a cover-up and I have an abundance of video footage that proves that I'm right and you're wrong, then I'd be pretty sort of excited about showing everyone that footage and saying, ha ha, see, what I said happened actually happened. But they haven't done it. They've never released it. So that, to me, screams conspiracy. That's that, that something is going on that they don't want us to know, that they don't want the general public to see. So as a result, we don't see it. Um, yeah, that's that's that makes the conspiracy. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to touch on today would be Building Seven. So, as I'm sure everybody knows, Building Seven was not hit by a plane. Um, when it collapsed, it looked very much like a controlled demolition, just like any other building that you would see get um, demolished. And there's also sort of some some controversy about around what the building actually provided so that it was a CIA building primarily um, there was also an investigation going on within that building into stock fraud and all of that information just suddenly disappeared the other thing that was being investigated was and this had actually happened I believe a day before when Donald Rumsfeld had come out and said that we had or that the American government or the um, Department of Defense could not justify 2.3 trillion dollars in spending they didn't they couldn't show where they'd spent it now 2.3 trillion dollars is a lot of money that's a lot of toilet seats it's a lot of whatever they they spent it on but guess where all that information was was all in Building 7, so well, a majority of it anyway. And now it is no more. It all got demolished. So the other thing that's sort of a little bit um, controversial about that is that all of the steel from that building was taken away. And it was taken away almost immediately, uh, along with a lot of the steel from the Twin Towers as well. And it was shipped off to, I believe, Japan, and it was all melted down straight away and recycled. That's that's a, a fairly big concern for me. 
simply because that's the sort of thing that needs to be tested to find out why the building collapsed. You know, that's that's how investigations are done. When it, when a plane crashes, they they literally piece the, the from what is left over, they piece the plane together to find out what happened. They never did that. Um, one of the biggest things with 9-11, as far as evidence goes, is the lack of it. And some of those things are controlled, like I just said, with the, the steel being taken away. Um, another thing which I suppose you could look at being controlled would be the fact that there were no black box flight recorders ever found. Um, they, they told us that they were searched for and they couldn't find them, that they had been destroyed. Now, whether you know about black, if you don't know about black box flight recorders, they are literally indestructible. And they're made that way for that reason. They can survive underwater, they can survive in fire, they can survive in um, a crushing situation. Yet, all these planes and no flight recorders. Just, it's ridiculous, just a, a silly, a silly story. If they couldn't find one of the flight recorders, I think, now, okay, that's, that's fair enough. But out of four planes, they couldn't find any of them. So anyway, a bit, little bit later on, apparently while they were, they were moving a lot of the, um, the wreckage away and still looking for survivors in, in the, uh, the Twin Towers, a paramedic and a firefighter apparently came across one of, or sorry, two of the flight recorders, which I believe they were saying was out of one vehicle. And they found them, but but apparently they were too damaged to, uh, to get any data from them. So again, that's exactly what these things are designed to, to be shielded against, yet, that they're, they're broken. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, just doesn't seem like a lot of truth in that to me. Um, I'm sure most of you would be listening to this saying, yeah, there's something definitely wrong there. So anyway, that's, that's our first episode. Um, if you have a conflicting view, which I'm sure some people will do, or if you have something that I haven't covered, which you think is definitely of interest, um, please email me. Uh, I'll have my email address in the show notes. You can send that through to me. And if you want to talk on the podcast, if you'd like to have your, your say on it, be more than happy to have a Skype session or a Zoom session with you. And um, yeah, you can put your point across. Be more than happy to do that. In fact, I encourage it. So, uh, and that's to or against. I don't care. If whatever you've got, whether it be for or against, I'd love to hear it. So please... Uh, feel free to to, uh, to contact me through email and uh, we will there's also a Facebook site which I'll put the um, I'll put the details of the Facebook site and you can leave a comment on the Facebook site as well and uh, yeah have a great day guys see you in the next one